The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about grace, uh, what they said it was and what it is. But before we get into all that, as usual, if you'd like to help support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being, uh, there is a website, and it has a donation page where you can donate through Patreon for $1 or $5 a month. There's also, if you just want to do a one-time, like, hey, how you doing, buddy? You can do that through Venmo. The information's there on the site. Uh, there's also a link to purchase the books. Um, third book is on its way. I was actually just working on it. A little stuck today, but we're going to put it, put it to the side. Uh, but if you already have the books and you'd still like to support this somehow... Uh, there's t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, art prints, and you can do that all through the shop link on the site. Um, so here we are, Grace, let's get started. This is the fourth time I've tried to record this because I keep getting taken off on tangents today. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to try to get through it again. This might just be a long episode where I rattle on about some things and it sounds more like one of those supplemental episodes than it does one of these very focused and anyway, um, the idea of grace. Uh, this is a fun one for me. I love pushing on this idea. I love pushing on ideas, right? Because again, we don't know <clears throat> if you're not willing to unravel it, peel it apart, set it on fire, break it into a hundred pieces, you've got a golden cow that you're afraid to touch. I want to figure out what it is like that to me, like I'm interested in just, this is the adventure to me, right? Is there truth? What is truth? And I'm going to push on everything just to see what happens. 
to me, there are no sacred cows. God's not even a sacred cow. Krishna is not a sacred cow, right? I'm always testing my own ideas and pushing on my faith and my own understanding. Um, but grace is particularly fun for me. Um, I would say that altering my understanding of grace from what they told me it was to what I know it to be has been one of the biggest shifts in consciousness that has occurred for me since starting this journey 26 years ago. Um, so uh, let's, well, let's start with the word grace. Um, remember, <clears throat> language is a faculty of the mind. It tells the body how to feel, right? It puts the world into context. Um, language, like everything else, is a symbol to the mind. Language tells the body how to feel. These symbols tell the nervous system what to do. These symbols are programmed into the subconscious, and the subconscious gives the user the user's experience, so they're obviously very important. Uh, the user is obviously us, soul. The mind, which is the subtle body, is the soul's experience of this birth or any other birth for that matter. Uh, whatever dimension a soul takes birth into, the subtle body is the soul's experience. I realize I'm repeating myself a lot lately, and I'm doing that because I'm noticing people aren't listening to the episodes in order. So I'm just going to have to do that. Anyway, uh, this is why um, language and uh, how we describe things to ourselves is so important. Grace, as we typically see it or have we're told what it was or understand it to be, is something that we receive that we don't deserve. In Christianity, it's the free and unmerited favor of God, right? According to that, it's not enough to simply be part and parcel of God, right? But then again, we also know that in Christianity, the belief isn't that you are one with God. So, or at least not commonly understood that way. But the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. You get the point there. Um, other definitions. Uh, again, it's always us receiving something special from someone or something outside of ourselves. A grace period the, in the good graces of. You get the idea. Well, I'd like to play with that a little bit. I'd like to twist it around, you know? Um, so... When it comes to making big and critical changes in one's life, it often doesn't happen until the pain is great enough. In other words, we need to be sick of the suffering before we'll do anything about it. This isn't a judgment. It's just what we do. Uh, sometimes the pain in that moment uh, is so great we do something right then. We're like, yep, fuck it. I'm out, right? Other times it's the fear of future pain, future discomfort, future suffering, the the cost has become great enough that your body is now stirred, right? It activates the nervous system and forces us into change. This suffering and pain is vital. You wouldn't change without it. It's that moment that you're like, fuck, I have to make this phone call. Fuck, I have to do something right now about this. Now, I'd like to look at the obvious first. Um, some of you have a belief in a God, Christian or otherwise, but there's always, regardless of what it is, this asking of favors or blessings. Um, give me strength. Give me patience. Shit like that. And that's just the nature of the relationship with God. Um, or rather, it's the way we told the relationship was supposed to be. But, you know, when you think about it, like, 
How do you get stronger? How do you get more patient? Do you get stronger and more patient because things became easier? Absolutely not, right? Oftentimes you have to break and that's how you get better and that's how you get stronger. So if the concept of God, as we understand it, um, let's take the concept of God and run it through a thought exercise, right? So if we did that, asking for strength would result in more difficulty, period. You don't get stronger by doing less resistance and less training and lifting less weight, right? Your cardio wouldn't get better because you only run a half, like you run fewer miles and then now you're just running a block a day. Like that's your car. Nothing's going to get better. You don't get better at focusing on the breath and doing meditation, like being in that one little space without practicing meditation, right? And so, you know, asking for patience would mean that your patience gets tested. Asking for strength would mean that your strength gets tested. You have to find out that you have another gear. And there are times that we thought we were trying our best and we thought we were at our max. And then something came along that was big enough, heavy enough, and terrifying enough that you had to find out that you had another gear. So this is the confusion uh, this confusion that we feel about this, this like, well, why would God test me like that? You know, when you look at somebody like Job in the Bible, for instance, right? When you read like the Ramayana or the Mahabharat, like the shit that happens to Ram, the thing that happens to the five, to Arjuna and his brothers, like that's really shitty. It always starts out that way. And by the time you get done with these books, you realize that that had to happen for good to prevail, for this really beautiful thing to happen, for the Gita to happen, the Mahabharat had to occur. Um, whether you believe that it's real or not, that's still the deal. That's the lesson there. And this, the reason we get confused by this is because we have a Western brain, you know, and many people enter into spiritual or religious paths because things got hard. They entered out of discomfort. They wanted relief. They wanted to feel better. They approach God as this wish grantor, dear God, take this burden from me. Well, why the fuck would he do that? That's not why you're here. You're not here to get softer and weaker. And that's not it. You know, if you remove the idea that this incarnation is a mistake and remember that it has purpose, things change, right? Um, <clears throat> within Christian Gnosticism and even Kabbalistic belief, and I'm going to have Devorah on you. I keep saying that. I'm going to have Devorah on here. We're going to talk about the Kabbalah and all that. But um, there's still this belief that there's a mistake, that you're working, that you're working out this stuff to remember that your soul, because there was a mistake, somebody fucked up, right? The demiurge happened, whatever. Um, but most cultures, like let's just look at Buddhism, look at Hinduism, right? They understood this birth to be a place to practice remembering. Think about that. You are here to practice remembering, remembering that you are not the mind, remembering that you are not the body, you are not your achievements, your status, position, or otherwise. You are not your family. You are soul. And you take birth here to work things out, to practice remembering. And if this is the case, 
then you enter into the spiritual path knowing that there is difficulty and discomfort to come. This is why Chogyam Trungpa said, enlightenment is the ego's ultimate disappointment. Now, some of you think that enlightenment is some exalted state where you float freely at cruising altitude over your problems, just above it all, just out of reach, or that you transcend these human issues, but that's not it at all. Enlightenment is a shift in consciousness. There are no enlightened people. There, there's only enlightened activity. I can't remember who said that. But, you know, you rock back and forth in a chair. You bump the wall. You become conscious of the presence of the wall. That change in consciousness alters the way you rock back and forth in the chair. You now rock back and forth in the chair differently than you did before because now you know about the wall. You lived your life oblivious of your death. You became aware of Yamaraj, um, the god of death. Uh, and you became aware that Yamaraj will come for us all. And then you became fearless of Yama. You made friends with Yama, just the way Nachiketas did in the Kata Upanishads. You now live, as Carlos Castaneda was told by his shaman Don Juan Matus, that death is always within arm's reach to your left waiting. This is the path. The human birth itself is a spiritual path of liberation. Whether anyone likes it or not, whether anyone knows it or not, this incarnation is taking you up the mountain. The soul is going up the mountain. Your ego might hate it. Your body might hate it. Whatever. So when we take up a more diligent focused practice, it means that you are going to live conscious of the fact uh, that the truth of this, that this, this death thing will be brought to your attention. The truth of uh, birth, old age, sickness, and death, and how you relate to that truth is your karma, right? That is your soul's work. That is what the soul is here to work out. <clears throat> so um, your mind... The way your mind or your subtle body relates to the world has to change. And then when that starts to change, you start to realize, well, the reason the mind is freaking out is because it's got all these attractions and aversions. And then you start to relate to the mind differently. You see it as phenomena, right? This is what um, Krishna talks about in the Gita when he says, seeing pleasure and pain as one. He means to see it as phenomena. This doesn't mean that we feel neutral about things, but what it does mean is that we see them for what they are, which is mental phenomena or opinions of the ego, the mind, the body. Um, when that friend texted me and said, if I don't have an opinion, nothing's happening. Uh, it, that can seem far-fetched, but the point isn't to not have an opinion. The point is to understand that that's what's actually happening. Your response to this moment is your opinion, your attractions and aversions. It's not... Again, opinions, this is going to happen. Preferences, it's going to happen. But when you just know that it's not you, you still see them. You have them. The body experiences them. But they get a little softer. They're not as prickly as, um, as some would say. So, uh, look, <laughs> anyone that knows me knows that I am hardly a drooling pod person with no opinions. If you've listened to this at all, I'm sure you've, right? Anyway, um, well, actually, <laughs> my friend Troy, my work wife, believes that I might be part robot, but that's probably because he's part asshole. 
Gotcha, bitch. So um, it's really about knowing what's happening instead of being confused by life, right? Uh, it, it was either Leary or Ramdas, or I don't know, maybe they were quoting somebody else, but they said, you begin to play with life rather than being played upon by life. And I feel that. At one point, I felt like life was fucking me, and now I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. It's the Leela, right? You have emotions, Troy. You feel things, Troy, but they just don't lead you around by the nose. You understand that they come and they get... Now, I'm not talking... I think Troy's fucking with me most of the time, but I believe that he thinks I'm a fucking cyborg. Anyway, what this shift in consciousness meant for me... Uh, is that I became curious about my discomfort. I became curious about my anger. I became curious about pain. <clears throat> my heart ache because I do have a heart and it does break. Fucker. Instead of being overwhelmed um, or consumed by it, right? I'm done talking to Troy now. So um, back to Chogyam Trungpa. There, that quote that uh, about enlightenment being the ego's ultimate disappointment. Um I'm not disappointed by things. I'm not disappointed by the inherent dissatisfaction of the human birth. <clears throat> it's more of a curiosity now. I treat each new uh, pain or glitch as a kind of puzzle or game. Um, remember the Leela, sport, uh, drama, play, that's it. Like right now, um, I'm in a place where I'm having feelings. They're good feelings. Um, but I'm just with them. I'm not analyzing them. I'm not... I'm curious about them. I like it. I like it. And it could go horribly. It could go really well. I don't know. I'm just here. And I'm not worried about whether it goes horribly or whether it goes well. So, yeah, I feel things, but I'm not off the rails anymore. Now, you know, that being said... I'm absolutely sure something will come up that has the ability to push me back into some dark places. And when it comes, I hope I have the ability to be skillful enough about it, right? So uh, grace. I see grace as suffering. Suffering is grace. Pain is grace. This isn't some masochistic view. It's just a shift. It's the knowing that without pain and discomfort, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't grow. You wouldn't grow. Nobody would grow. Everyone that I see that has defeated or tamed their demons did it through facing their suffering. It came after the pain. In fact, it came because of the pain. They defeated this. I've defeated things because of the pain. This is a shift in consciousness. Remember, consciousness or a shift in consciousness, rather, would be, you know, the rocking back and forth in the chair, realizing that the wall is there, changing the way I rock in the chair. I am now conscious of the wall. That is an expansion of consciousness or a shift in consciousness. Um, it changes the way I do something, meaning that I live differently. Now it's like pleasure comes. It's like, fuck it, man. Let's just do that. I'm not worried about what could happen. Fuck it. Right? And then if and when pain comes because, you know, my I didn't file for my homestead exemption because I can be a little flaky, then okay, we deal with it, right? I'm not going to beat myself up. Ever. I'm not going to like shoulda, woulda, coulda. But yeah, so I bought a house and I forgot to file my homestead exemption. And then I went to log in to pay my mortgage one day and I was like, holy shit, what happened? Um, 
So when we can be with sadness or whatever the discomfort is without pushing it away, we grow. We learn, we expand. Our capacity for discomfort and suffering grows. We get stronger. That's grace, right? Uh, you wouldn't have found the beauty on the other side of pain without the pain. You wouldn't be the partner you are without the heartbreak that came before. I wouldn't be the partner I can be without having made some stupid mistakes, some crazy mistakes, right? You know? I am a cupcake on a moonbeam because some things hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we're learning um, and we don't learn through ease. We learn through struggle, through difficulty. You wouldn't change and grow without struggle. You know, those times that you made serious change, you made it because the pain or the fear of future pain and suffering became so great. So when we make this shift in consciousness, we start to see that suffering is grace. And again, this doesn't mean that we look for it or relish it. I mean, you know, if you roll that way, fucking go for it. But what I've, you know, like what I've said, I've become, I've become curious about my pain and intrigued by the suffering. So what it, the shift is this, not I'm hurting. It's what hurts? What aches? Is it me? Am I the pain or am I the one noticing pain? Am I the racing mind or am I the one noticing the racing mind, right? Am I depressed or am I the one noticing the symptoms of depression? When you start to see that it's the mind that suffers, it's the mind that cares, uh, we then remember that the mind is the subtle body and the subtle body is the work of the soul. You start to understand why the suffering is there and you begin to sit with it while the body and the mind start to process, remembering the entire time that this has nothing to do with you. We practice remembering. You're here to practice remembering, right? Suffering is grace. Pain is grace. Difficulty is grace. It all sharpens the sword, right? Uh, the sharper the sword, the faster we cut to the center. We figure out the fuck is going on. We get better. We get faster. The discomfort is grace because the discomfort, the trouble, the pain leads to wisdom. Wisdom leads to the working out of karma. So that's it for grace. I'm done. <laughs> I hope this was helpful. I hope you found it beneficial. You know, questions, comments, bring them. Yeah, about, yeah, what about and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Bring it. Let's do this. I'm not, you're not supposed to understand me. I'm supposed to get clear enough that you just, that, that I make sense to you, right? It's my responsibility. Uh, and you all know that if you reach out, I'll reach out back. You know that if you send a phone number, you're getting a phone call and we might talk for three hours. That's it. Um, but yeah, again, if you'd like to support this and, uh, you know, help me do some fun things I've got planned here, then donate Patreon, Venmo, whatever the deal, buy books, buy shirts. Um, I see that my, uh, keep showing up shirt is not as popular as I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> I have some other ones. Uh, but anyway, I really thought that'd be a cool one. I thought it was a departure from my normal uh, deal. And I see that you guys like the don't sprinkle sh uh, shit seeds on my dream field. I like, I, like, I like that you like that. 
because that is something that uh, I say a lot. Um, anyway, uh, remember, we've been doing this a long time. We've been everything to each other. We know each other. It's cool. Don't be weird. We're old friends. Give me a shout.